This week on Young Nostalgia, we talk about what could have been on those Check It Isle shelves instead of magazines, gum, and candy bars. Let's take a look. Hello and welcome back to Young Nostalgia. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is beside me. And today we're actually podcasting on one of the most innovative inventions ever made. TV dinner trays. Thanks so much for joining us. It's good to be back. Ben, how's life, big guy? Oh, it's been pretty good. I mean, aside from the absolute brutal, brutal heat that we've been going through here, uh, it's not been too bad. How you doing? I know. <laughs> not too bad. Um, <laughs> yesterday, okay, well, okay, most of the day yesterday, we didn't step outside until after 5 o'clock, and it was beautiful, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then we were out all evening in the heat to watch a show, uh, so we were kind oh, of miserable yeah. during that, but, <laughs> you know, we put ourselves we put ourselves through it purposely, so I guess we can blame nobody else but ourselves. But anyway, (laughs) it's so good to be back. Episode 66 coming at you. We are going to be talking about the failed inventions of the past. This this is going to be a fun show. And we were kind of talking about how this could be a fun recurring topic, just like the conspiracies for us. Um, It would be a lot of fun. And I think we're expecting to to keep with this theme. But uh, yeah, we can uh, talk about life for a little bit before getting in. I don't know about you, but for some reason, even though this is a podcast, I still get a little bit nervous every time we start. I don't know what it is, but like my heart starts racing and I'm like, <laughs> well, what if I mess up? Oh, I know what you're, I, I know what you're thinking. I, I get the exact same thing. And it's like, you know what? If if it turns out horrible, all we got to do is stroke that delete key and do it again. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> absolutely none of this is live. And I 100% know what you're talking about because I feel the exact same thing. <laughs> are you ready oh no 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 i'm not ready yet no oh my gosh it's good though um it's awesome our podcast is growing a little bit since moving to anchor we're up to 25 an estimated audience of 25 which is awesome um more than we have in the past couple of weeks and it's great to guys uh to have everyone here with us and sharing this with us but i have opened a brand new world of anchor which includes free transitions that they have uh, oh, I'll play boy. a few. I'll play a few of my favorites. Some of these are just absolutely awesome. Uh, this one's called a clue. <laughs> like maybe I'll just play these absolutely randomly. This one is just called bleep. <laughs> like, like I feel like a lot ben, of these are going to be like text message alerts. Right, Ben. I can't stand your. <laughs> ben, I can't stand your. In face, man. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Uh, you smell like... <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a reason why these are free. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, wow. If all we need is a soundboard and we'll be like... We've, we'll make a full transition to just like tacky morning show. Right, I love it. And every time Ben tries to talk, I'll just play this. I'll just play. A, I'll just play a goat every time. Um, I don't know which one else is kind of weird. Uh, pluck. I, don't, I can't believe you know the. Uh, 
this uh, yeah what's up this anchor is i i can't believe that we uh it took us this long to find a new a new host with you know this many options and I, obviously i mean we're <laughs> at this point in the show right now it's more or less just a conversation between me and you and kind of uh the audience is there just uh overhearing it you know it's you know we haven't really <laughs> talked about you know anchor too much uh in the past and you know that's that's our new hosting service and it's just kind of one of those things where it's there's so many options and we were kind of going into it a little bit skeptical like is this kind of a too good to be true kind of thing do they do we sign up for it and then uh get all this stuff and then oh wait here's the bill you know what i mean right but yeah uh, it, it, it really has been amazing how it you know so many different options that we have um and all of them being browser based too which is nice um, right. And it's all it's all 100 percent free. I don't even think they have like a premium package to pay for. It's not like we get a free subscription that is, you know, limited, limited use. It's it's 100 percent free across the board. Yeah, it's crazy. You just sign up with an account and you're good to go. And yeah. to that anchor, we say this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 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 All right, let's <laughs> let's transition. How, hold on, into... how, how long were you waiting to pull that one out? <laughs> waiting, I was waiting until you were done talking. <laughs> yeah, but you were waiting a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so today on episode sixty-six, we're going to be talking about the failed inventions of the past and kind of why they weren't here <laughs> today, either with bad timing or just absolutely awful design qualities. So <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're going to kick it off with uh, a wonderful invention from back in the day called flying tanks. Check this out. So before military planes, they were actually robust enough to carry tanks into their destinations. The military bigwigs actually had a great idea of actually just putting wings on the enormous hunk of metals that we now call tanks. So the idea is that they could actually be towed directly to the battle zone. These tanks would be towed to the battle zone. And then easily flown to the exact spot that they need to be. Okay, Wait. now, th- this 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 is bizarre to me. If they can fly, why would you tow them there and then no, 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 no. somehow it's give them to- enough uh, runway to even get off the ground and then fly to where they need to be? No, no, no. It's, oh, towed, you- uh, it's towed in flight, like, like you would tow a glider. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. It, All right, so most, did, okay. most of the... All- Pretty much all of the ideas based around this were all they weren't. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the resources aren't really super clear about it. But uh, looking at like the design drawings and stuff, none of them were actually uh, power. Well, okay, few of them were actually powered flight. They were all based upon gliders that were towed in the air behind like uh, heavy bombers or something. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they were like still in the air, kind of just like when you see the airplanes with the signs behind them. So these were <laughs> tanks just flying yeah. behind, you know, big, big powered flight bombers or something like that. But that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so but that just, that just puts a target on your back, I feel like, in midair. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, because it's I mean, it's not like you're towing, you know, you're not towing a glider, a recreational glider that they're stupid light. They are rid- super aerodynamic, you know, so there's there's minimal drag to towing. I mean, you're towing something that probably weighs like 
20 tons. I don't, I don't, I mean, right, I have yeah. no idea the specs of a tank, um, especially older tanks. I, I have no idea. They're really stinking heavy, though. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And they're, yeah, and very, it's like, very just un, un, not well engineered. Yeah, it's like trying to run with like a brick on a string behind you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best I can, thing I can like equate it to. <laughs> right like not even not even just a brick but like one of those concrete construction blocks yeah a cinder block yeah it's right like just absolutely <laughs> yeah ridiculous a, so a you can't run fast b you have zero maneuverability so yeah you i mean you're putting right. the target right on you right i mean you know even not even trying to get nitpicky but just imagine how much extra fuel you're going to use to try and get up to speed and then keep that thing in flight with a like not maybe not even just one tank but multiple tanks Mm-hmm. gliding behind you and then you expect these people to steer a gliding tank into the spot they need to i feel like all you're doing is just like you're literally just using a hunk of metal to just fly into something and blow it up right and, like, and you know trying it's, to land that it's not going to be good no and, and uh it, around this same time and it, it and, and it's obviously the the direction that uh military militaries decided to go is is you you carry the tanks and then you would parachute drop them in or, you know, something similar. Um, right. You know, and, and that's still the same premise. You are hauling so much stinking weight in the air. But what you're what you're gaining, you're not towing it behind you, which is a huge amount of drag. You know, it's it's much better to have that same weight on board and be flying with it um, and not have it. You know, you're also towing the same weight and any sort of drag that it's producing behind you, you know. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it was a, and a good idea. It, were, it was worth investigating, but uh, it's a good thing that it never really, never really took off. Oh, my God. <laughs> and with that, this invention, this invention <laughs> boils down to... <laughs> All right, I absolutely love it. Moving Someone's gonna on. have to take the soundboard away from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, uh, I didn't know how much you wanted to get into like the different different areas of this, or if you wanted to move on to the next one. Uh. You know, it, it's I, I was gonna do a little bit more on it, but we're already ten minutes in. Um, but I will kind of uh, hit a few of the highlights. You know, this is sure. one of those things where I've seen pictures on social media, like one of those, you know, some of those sketchy fact pictures that have a picture and then a little bit of text below it that you're supposed to take as fact, but you're pretty sure is not correct. Right. Um, you know, I always kind of thought this was one of those things. It's someone photoshopped. Uh, like a, a Wright Brothers plane looking wings onto a tank. And so I decided to do a little bit more research on it. And then there was, this was, these were ideas that were actually taken seriously back, uh, especially in the 40s, uh, notably by the Soviets, the Japanese, and the UK. And there's actually, uh, there's historical documentation of not only uh, design drawings, but also prototypes and some very, uh, minimal testing being done. So, you know, this isn't just an idea that someone floated out there and then shot down immediately. It was floated. Know. Gosh, <laughs> oh. this is amazing. <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, you know, it was an, it was an actual idea that was actually put to the test and in, in every instance it was dropped. 
um, in favor for, you know, just parachuting, you know, equipment in, you know, so it's, you have right. issues with that Dropped. too. Cause Gosh, you, this is amazing. I'm, I'm going to point out every, <laughs> every pun ever. <laughs> uh, I way to just derail my entire train I'm of so, thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do you remember where you were going with that? Uh, yeah, I was going on to the next device, the next invention. Oh, okay. All right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he said that in such a mean way. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna move on. Thanks. Um. All right. So the next on the list is portable record players. <laughs> Uh, i just good golly um so this is pretty much exactly what it sounds like this would be a record a small record player doesn't even it's not even large enough to contain an entire uh lp it would be kind of a kind of a weird band that would clamp onto one side and it would obviously still spin in the center but it only is a small portion of the side of uh, off of the side of the record and it just didn't work based on the combination of poor timing and a lack of foresight by its developers um, <clears throat> this this is a product that was intended to hit the market <laughs> in the 1980s um, which if you're not putting two to two together that would be pretty much right around the same time as cassette players and the Walkman hit the market so Whoever, you know, whoever the guy is who came up with this idea, you did it about 10 years too late. You know, even at that, I think it would have been pretty tricky to make happen. But, right. Uh, I don't know, you can't oh put it in your God. pocket. I suppose no. you could maybe clip it to your belt or something. But then you're walking know. around with a record whizzing around out in the open. There, right, you know, this whole right. thing, it wasn't covered or anything. No, it wasn't. My my thought is is that their thought was that you'd carry it in your backpack, not playing, and then you go somewhere being like, hey, I need to go to the library and work on a paper, right? Mm-hmm. You'll take this thing out, put it on the desk with a 45 in it, and like two minutes later, you're going to be interrupted in your paper just to flip the 45 over, but then you also have to carry a whole bunch of 45s with you because you're only going to have two songs every time. Right. Well, oh, oh wait. <laughs> am I am I misunderstanding this? Is it just 45s? Uh, yeah, I believe so. At least from what I saw. They okay. could have probably done something bigger, but it okay. just seemed like it wasn't designed big enough to hold full LPs. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. well, I guess that kind of changes my argument a little bit. Um you know, if it's if it's sized for a forty-five, I mean that's not very big. Not at all. I feel like you could make it a lot more user friendly if you actually made it totally encase the record, almost like a, I'll say I'll say modern, um, <laughs> but a a more modern like CD player. You know, right, right. You could at least but, but, throw it in a bag and be listening to it while you're walking. I mean, you'll still have to be right. swapping the record out every five minutes, but. Right. But then you have to be careful because of the shock every time you take a, a step, man. Like that needle is going to pick up everything. You're going to be walking with a pair of headphones on and it's going to go like, 
<laughs> like like the entire song's just gonna skip. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. sounds terrible, and like you're gonna ruin the record. And it's like, what are you gonna do? Have a whole separate bag full of just 45s that you have to switch out every five minutes because you just finished the last one. So everyone's gonna be walking around with a backpack in front of them full of these 45s and this mobile record player. Mm-hmm. So, like. You know, you're not going to stop in the middle of a New York City busy street being like, I'm sorry, guys, I need to change out my my 45. <laughs> the Blues Brothers just ended and I need to move on to Huey Lewis. And like, no, it mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. <laughs> it just sounds that's why I'm thinking like they were like, OK, you can't listen to it while you're going anywhere. But once you get there, you can sure get it out. Right, but what if what if they didn't have a headphone jack? So then everybody with portable forty five players are sitting down playing their own music out loud. Well, okay, that I guess that opens up kind of another another conversation that we may or may not want to get into. I mean, that was <laughs> that was a thing though. I mean, it's portable record players weren't anything new per se. It was this style of record player. Um, that was ultra ultra slim um specifically with des- it was fully designed just for headphone jacks i mean it, portable record players were fairly common uh, but yeah that was the issue it's not I, to my knowledge i mean they might still have had headphones jacks but they were predominantly designed to play music out in the open right um but yeah it, it, i just see this as could have been a a pretty good invention if it hadn't come out in the 80s i mean that's that's just poor poor timing i mean that's bad i mean uh eight tracks had already been out at this time uh cassettes were already out at this time so you know i I don't get it right poor i don't get business poor business poor very poor business (laughs) i love it um Okay, so the riot gas machine. Check this out. Um, The idea was that if a group of people gathered together to protest, the police could mow them down with a humongous fortified vehicle complete with poisonous gas streams. This kind of ties into a little bit of episode 65 we did last week about retrofuturism. If you take a look at this thing, it's freaking crazy. This hulking machine was actually patented. It was patented and ready to be designed, but it was never built. But this thing is just like a huge like train engine with people in poisonous gas masks up on top. And it's almost like those water parks that you can go to for kids. And it's like those little watering hoses. That's what this thing looked like mounted, ready with gas to just spray at people. Yeah. And it's it, it totally I, I wish listeners could uh, could see the picture that we're looking at, you know, the artist rendition of, of this design. Um, cause it totally has that futurism, uh, look to it that, that, uh, you know, the, the, the vibrant colors and the futuristic feel of the, of the art to it that we, the exact thing we talked about last week and too bad we didn't come up with that one last week to talk about. Right. Right. <laughs> but if you're interested, you can check out all of these devices that we're talking about. Do some research on your own if you'd like. If you go down to our show notes, it's the, uh, Weburbanist.com. That's where we found at least these 10 uh, inventions ideas for this show. So feel free to check that out if you'd like. You can also see the pictures that we're basing this off of. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. Glad it wasn't built because that probably would have been a slippery slope of even worse yeah. things. I just like the uh, wording of I like the wording of the of the description uh, would mow people down. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. It makes me a little hesitant right. to, uh, you know, right. get behind an idea like this. <laughs> right, and I'm sure poisonous gas is harmful to your to your portable 45s as well. So be aware. <laughs> All right, All right, big guy. What's so next? The, next on the list? We have the vacuum beauty helmet. Uh, this is probably one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic. Once again, I wish I wish listeners were uh, looking at the picture. Uh, that we're looking at. <laughs> the plastic helmet and the attached hose are allegedly a beauty treatment from 1941 involving a vacuum. The uh, <laughs> the titled Glamour Bonnet <laughs> reduced, <laughs> reduced, quote, atmospheric pressure around the beauty seeker's head, unquote, which inventors Mrs. D.M. Ackerman believed would help stimulate circulation and improve the complexion. While a vacuum hose stole all of your oxygen, you could read through the handy plastic window. <laughs> so really, they really did think about the customer, you know, yeah. making sure that they were comfortable when you can't breathe. Right. So uh, the effect of being inside of the glamour bonnet uh, was very similar to what person would feel uh, while they're climbing a uh, tall mountain peak or flies in a unpressurized high altitude plane. <laughs> it was, this would just so the freak experience would be breathtaking yeah yeah breath oh my god oh my god here here don't say anything i'm gonna come up with a freaking sound bit for that because that was awful <laughs> well i mean it was there had to take we we've already set the pre- that precedent for this show so we just we just gotta continue <laughs> Um, that was absolutely horrible. Yeah. And you know this this is kind of this kind of Noel and I were talking about it before we started recording um how this is kind of something that we see a lot of uh especially nowadays when you read on the internet about, you know, weird just the weird old stuff in general. Maybe maybe other people don't have the same search history as we do. <laughs> but uh you know this kind of stuff pops up in our, you know, social media feeds and you know, on, we look at this kind of weird older stuff uh, online all the time. And uh, this kind of just fits that whole trend, especially in the 40s and 50s, of that miracle, you know, the in search of that miracle cure. Right. You know, whether it be fix a total fix to all your ailments or if it was uh, the, the, the definite fix to a bad complexion. You know, that sort of stuff. And it seems like there was kind of a, a bandwagon that a lot of people were hopping on back then of uh, right. like a mir- miracle fix. Right. And it's awesome. If you go down to the show notes and click on the glamour bonnet one, uh, this is where <laughs> I got some more research. But they also talk about other like glamour fads back in the day. And like one was literally vibrators, like vibrators that you would just buy and then put on your body where you want to lose weight. And it mm-hmm. would just vibrate it off mm-hmm. of you. Like you would literally, if 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 your if your belly's too big or your back's too big, you would literally just hold the vibrator there, in hysteria that you would hopefully lose that weight. Absolutely crazy. I mean, just advertisements right. about this stuff everywhere. Like as seen on TV. 
Yeah, well, that, I mean, that that whole premise was a big thing for a, a long time. I don't know if you ever see in cartoons and, and old movies, people would, like, stand on this machine that had, like, a pedestal in oh, front yeah. of them and then have, like, the like a canvas <laughs> or a leather strap that run around you and just all it did was yep. just shake the shake the crap out of you <laughs> because somehow that was supposed to help you you know right. I, not sure like, if i understand like, the physics behind that you ever seen those pictures like just imagine walking past a gym today and people just <laughs> lined people just lined up getting shook to hell with all this like oh my god it's just such a sight to see that's so funny uh, that would be funny that would be would. super funny um, It'd be so so funny. It's too bad we don't have that stuff anymore. I know, because I, <laughs> I feel like you and I would be laughing at it, but I don't know. Like I would literally just set up a hidden camera and just watch these people just vibrate. Yeah, all day long because it'd be so fun. Especially like the ones that don't know how to use it and they start it. Yeah, like they're, they they don't not, know what to expect. Right, right. Or they're they're. It's like the, those same videos that you, you see people using like. Uh, the equipment in a gym improperly. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like someone would be like stooped over with their face in the little strap and it's just shaking the crap out of their face. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just, <laughs> They're like, this feels good. Oh my gosh. Moving uh, on to the robot. Right. Moving on to the robot reading helper. This was invented back in 1963 and it was actually meant to help slow readers improve their pace by revealing one line of text at a time. And it would kind of move down depending on what the reader, how, like how fast they wanted the robot to go. So the arm would move at a pace set by the user and help them actually stay focused on reading instead of being distracted and then they could up the pace as it goes. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say about this other than I don't know if it would really help. <laughs> well, like, I, see, I, see, my issue was is that it would it would probably make some sort of sound being invented in 1963, right? It would probably make some weird buzzing or something. I'd get more distracted by the machine itself than it would be to actually help me. Yeah, and, and, and you're probably going to spend like the first hour of your reading just fiddling around with the settings and getting the speed just right you know right it's you know i kind of equate this to i don't know if you ever in you know really early elementary school still learn learning to read that sort of stuff um teachers would have us basically use like index cards if people had struggle were struggling keeping their line Mm. keeping their pace you just move down the page with an index card right and kind of you can either you can do it two ways. You can move it underneath of what you're reading to reveal more to to reveal the next line, or you can move it above your reading to basically kind of uh, you have to read fast enough, or else the card is going to cover up the text. If you don't read fast enough, it's going to screw you up. And so I just see that as being right. the same thing in an automated fashion. But you know, not all things need to be automated. <laughs> yeah right i love it i love it how they're like well you know we can make this huge clunky machine to make a life a little bit better but actually right. just no it just doesn't work it ends up just being a colossal pain and <laughs> you're probably just gonna like stop reading entirely right 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 <laughs> all right big guy uh oh is it my turn okay 
Yep. <laughs> oh, so, oh, oh, are we actually podcasting? Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, were we supposed to be recording this whole time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the flying saucer camera. Uh, so in the 1950s, there were so many UFO sightings reported each year that the government finally decided enough was enough. The Air Force introduced the flying saucer camera, a special camera with two lenses designed to identify the source of strange lights. Um, that is a super vague description for an ultra complicated piece of equipment. Right. right. Uh, one lens took a normal photo while the other separated light into colors that the origins of the light would be obvious. Oh, okay. So I understand. So it basically was a prism that as it broke out the lights, you could basically follow the angle back to it. I, I'm doing hand motions here to show Nolan what's going on. And I'm like not putting it together that listeners would still have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> So think of it as like a Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon kind of thing with the light going through the prism. Right. And then you kind of use the one side to follow the angles of the light back to a centralized location. And that would show you where the, the, the UFO is. Right. And then and then you take the picture. Right. And then realize well, you don't uh, have any film. So then you're screwed. Yeah. I don't know if it would show up before or after the picture's taken. But yeah, same premise. Okay. I see what you're saying. But... Uh, Good stuff. I don't know. Seems kind of ridiculous. Seems a little on it the hokey does. side to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but you know, it it shut people up, so that's fine. Yeah, I guess whatever it takes to stop getting calls about UFOs. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh my god. All right, on to the mono wheel vehicle. Check this out. A single wheel vehicle um, has been, you know, kind of in the works of invention way back since 1869 um, when it first appeared. So, due to the other modes of transportation being safer, quieter, and easier to drive, it just never made it into the mainstream. But it has in Star Wars. Remember uh, episode episode three when Obi Wan hops on one of those one uh, baby or uh, mm-hmm. General General Grievous had one. So, you know what? I don't think it would be like. Oh yeah, thing. His his was weird too because it had like to get started. It had like legs, and when you get going fast enough, you drop it down onto the wheel, and the legs would like fold up. Remember that? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, but I uh, do remember that. Yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Moving away from Star Wars. (laughs) I mean, it's cool. Like, I don't think it would be a bad thing. It's almost just like a motorcycle, just like a big motorcycle i feel like nowadays if we kind of designed this mm-hmm. i don't see much difference between a motorcycle and this because i mean yeah you're kind of out in the open just like well, you are on the motorcycle I, this is oh, something i guess you can't that, see anything though this is something that i've looked into quite extensively in the past um my brother and i have actually had talked about building one at one point um no around some design ideas yeah that's and, cool uh, there's quite a bit of documentation of people building. You can, I mean, you can find YouTube videos all day of people with homemade mono wheels. Um, the problem is they're super, super dangerous. Um, at any sort of, not even high speed, just reasonable speed, your your uh, probability for getting the speed wobbles. Are really high. Like it'll, Ah. you know, kind of like a. uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It'll just kind of get into a vicious cycle of leaning to one side and then self-correcting to the other side, and then it just keeps getting more uh, 
more vicious and it'll eventually throw you out of it or wreck you into something or something like that. Dang. Okay. Yeah. I guess I can see that now. So it's, it has, I mean, there's so many people who do it. And then there's people who like build giant ones and put like V8 car engines in them and (laughs) like, like dumb, dumb things. Uh, (laughs) You know, those are the people that put, give the mono wheel a bad name. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, Something that it's one of those cool. Th- it's one of those inventions that you know I could easily see coming back with modern technology. I mean, I've seen. I think it's BMW has a. It's all uh, like prototype kind of stuff, but it's a motorcycle that'll stand up without a kickstand. It's got like a gyroscope or something in it. Oh yeah, um, that's cool. That's self-correcting. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see that here in the next year or so. But uh, right, something that sketchy from 1869. I no wonder why it didn't catch on. <laughs> yeah, you actually just had to pedal it back then. Uh probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. So uh next on the list would be the twentieth anniversary Mac. And uh this one this one's actually a little bit later. Uh more or more current, I'll say. It came out in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, the 20th anniversary Mac was a a, a pretty innovative machine for the time. Uh, it was extremely thin. I'm sorry. Maybe I should clarify. It's a 20th anniversary Macintosh, like personal computer. Like Apple, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apple Macintosh. Um, pretty innovative. Extremely thin and low profile for the time. Uh, it was relatively small, detachable trackpad instead of a mouse. Not really something I would gravitate towards. Uh, I mean, novelty for the time, but uh, trackpads are terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they kind of are. <laughs> yeah. No one but the wealthiest hardcore Apple enthusiasts could really afford, you know, something like this at the time. I mean, the original price point when it came out was pretty much uh, about $7,500. Jeez um, Louise. Later on, it ended up going to... a just under $2,000, which is actually less than the cost of production, but the sales were so slow, they were just trying to get them them out, trying to recoup (laughs) as much loss as they could. Right. Um, You know, it did have have a lot of features for the time. I mean, the uh, specs on the computer-wise, on the computer side, were, they were pretty good for the time. Had a lot of features that you didn't get to see all in the same place. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where the, the price point came from, where it was really, it was really was an expensive device to make, but it just, it was just a bad combination of stuff. So just kind of, I'll kind of hit real quick on the specs. Um, I'll try not to bore the audience with a lot of the geeky stuff that I'd be into, <laughs> right. but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's only a 250 megahertz processor, a really small 12-inch screen, um, uh, a minuscule two megabytes of RAM. Uh, you know, it's <clears throat> result screen resolution. This is something that'll be pretty relevant to most listeners. The screen resolution came in two whopping options: 800 <laughs> by 600 or the classic 640 by 480. Um, oh. ultra grainy display, uh, 
And it, you know, one thing that was pretty interesting about this is that it had, it actually had a built-in TV and FM tuner, uh, in addition to a Bose sound system. Keep in mind, this was a 12-inch screen, a tiny little device that came with a Bose sound system. Right, um, that you could watch Netflix on. Right, yeah, yeah, you sure could. Um, <laughs> so it's just kind of one of those weird things. So it's they were trying to. Apple was trying to fit as many features as possible into as little of a package as possible. And, you know, that's that's good and all. But, you know, you end up you end up trying to cram too much stuff in there and then you just you make it a an unreliable and not very user friendly device. Right. Yeah, it almost seems like they're trying to make an all-in-one thing where you can watch your TV, you can listen to your radio. You know, this is almost like this is your home entertainment system now. Right. But exactly, that's the ex- I think that's the exact point that they're trying to go for, but it was only a 12-inch screen. I mean, it's, <laughs> the, the entire right. thing even looking at the pictures of it, it was designed to sit on somebody's desk. Right. Now, depending on the setting, yeah, that's that makes sense. I mean, you're a business person. This is on your desk. You want to watch a little TV on your lunch break. You know, okay, that's fine. Not on a device that costs almost $8,000. Right. You know. Oh, my gosh. So it's it had a lot, a lot of cool stuff to it, but it just, it, it was just a really expensive novelty, you know? Right, right. <laughs> uh, I love it. But I could go on all day with that. I've got a lot more information on that that you know it's that we I don't need to bore anybody else with right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good stuff. Um, all right, coming up on the end of the episode here. So last uh, the second to last one, the phone answering robot. So this was actually built and conceived in 1964 and the phone answering robots abilities were actually just limited to picking up the phone and then putting the phone back down. So it was actually like this standalone robot that when the phone rings, it would pick it up and then when programmed and it was done, it would just hang it back up. Uh, and then it couldn't actually take a message um, or even have a message player. So couldn't record a message from incoming callers and then couldn't, uh, in return, say a message to the people calling. It would really just pick it up and put it down. Um, so I don't know if this is like the early version of speakerphone where a phone rings. You can still be on the couch and <laughs> the phone robot will pick it up and then you just yell and then you don't have to like, you know. I don't really know. I, I didn't look too far into it, but it just kind of seemed like a, a big chunk of metal that was taking up space that didn't really need to be there exactly. Yeah, and I just see it as something that was probably really, really expensive and <laughs> was super inconvenient to use. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Unless it like, you know, amplified, like it, it would pick up the phone, open its mouth, and then you could hear the person talking on the other end. Right, but... I- I just I don't I don't think so. Like that could be right. I was kind of studying the picture a little bit, and that's pretty much all it looks like is just a big hunk of metal that has a somewhat humanoid shape, right? That you can um, dress up. Yeah, that would all it would do is pick up the phone when the phone rings, and then <laughs> set the phone back down. Maybe when you were done, I don't know if it did that all at once. How does it? 
How does it know when to set the phone back down? Maybe that's what it... May, hold on. I nailed it. Okay. Okay. All right. What's up? This is for those people who really, really, really don't feel like taking any phone calls. And all that it does is when it hear the phone ring, picks it up, puts it back down. It's just really, really good at hanging up on people. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it literally just does it in, in one swift motion, up, yep. down. Yep. So it's yep. like you hang up, you, hang, you, you, you pick up, you hang up, you pick up, you yep. hang up. You know, oh I, my God. five minutes ago, I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. Now I think it's genius. <laughs> All right. We got to get ourselves one of these bad boys. Uh. <laughs> I love All right. it. Nailed it. Oh, All my right. gosh. So last but not least, I know Nolan talked about it before about saving. Uh, maybe we weren't recording then. Saving the best for last. We have the cigarette umbrella. Oh, my God. So, you know, when you're out and about walking around town, starts to rain. How on earth are you supposed to smoke your cigarette out in the rain? Well, <laughs> with the cigarette umbrella, you don't have to worry about that. It's <laughs> good God! It's Wait, a, okay. You have to do the you have to do the slogan. You have to do our slogan of the brand new, the brand new cigarette umbrella. <laughs> Your cigarette getting wet? No fret. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt pretty good about that one when I when I wrote that down. Um. So basically, all this is it's a it's a pretty much a cigarette holder. Um, it'd be a piece of metal, or I would assume it's metal that uh, that you would put in your mouth. It'd stick out, you know, six to eight inches ish, and uh, it would actually hold your cigarette upright. Yeah, upright. Uh, yeah, which is kind of weird. And then, <laughs> kind of based on that same design, there would be a little pedestal that comes up with a tiny little umbrella that went over your cigarette, and then it would also have a little spout on the bottom directly below your cigarette with a kind of a little check valve kind of thing that if any water got in there, condensation or anything, it would, it would drain out and you wouldn't have to worry about it. But, uh, it looks like a, from the pictures that we saw, we actually look at advertisement pictures for this device, like newspaper advertisement. And it just looks, it looks heavy and bulky and it looks like it'd be (laughs) something that, you know, if you're in the rain anyway, you can maybe, Expect a little bit of wind. It looks like the umbrella is just going to catch the wind and poke your eyeball out. Um, right. It's how I, I just wonder how many people actually spent their hard-earned money on this piece of junk. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the best thing is, is like you know the, the umbrella for the cigarette's so small, and if it's too windy, that umbrella will go inside out, which is one hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. And two, if you're walking outside, like let's say back then, I mean, I'm sure you could smoke inside any way you wanted to. And if Mm -hmm. you don't have an awning to do it at, you don't need an umbrella anyway. But, you know, you're walking down Central Park. It's raining. It's coming off the trees. It's it's falling down. Okay, okay, I need to smoke a cigarette. Uh, I'll put down my own umbrella, take out the cigarette umbrella. (laughs) But it doesn't matter because the rain's coming sideways. So you're screwed anyway. Yeah, this is great. This is absolutely amazing. That well, you kind of brought up another point. Is I don't see, I don't see the point of using this device. It looks even less convenient than walking around with a regular umbrella, <laughs> right? You know, which would accomplish the same exact task, and not only keep your cigarette dry, but also keep your entire body dry, or at least right. the top and half of your body dry. 
and you only need one hand to smoke a cigarette. I mean, unless you want a double protection and you have your own umbrella and your cigarette umbrella and they match, you're going to look like a classy person. Okay, you got me there. Maybe they come, <laughs> maybe they come as a kit, you know, buy one, get one free kind of thing. There you go. There you go. With a matching <laughs> pair of shoes so then that way you just look put together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like you're just doing this to humor me and shut me up. So I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll be right back. And all we're going to do is say goodbye. <laughs> to be honest, I just wanted to play the transition again. We're back. Thank we you hadn't guys. played it enough times this show, so you just had to get it yeah. one more time in there. Right. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 66 about the failed inventions of the past. It really means a lot to have you here with us. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting apps, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. Please give us a five-star review if you like what you hear and scroll down and please just take about 30 seconds and give us a hurrah review if you like it as well. You can give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. That's youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com for any show suggestions. Or if you'd like to be a guest with us here on the show, we'd love to have you on. As well as if you don't like what you're hearing, give us an email. Let us know. We will do our best to satisfy you in the future. As always, thank you so much. And uh, that's about all I have. Anything else, big guy? No, just don't forget to uh, you know rate us 20, 20 stars. Bed best podcast ever. Um, <laughs> just go over the top. You know, if you can't, if your current podcast host doesn't allow you to rate twenty stars, just make sure you give us four reviews of five stars. Um, right, it would be the same. Uh, or what? Or, or what they should do is actually rate us five stars, make a brand new account, and then rate us again. Oh, of course, of That's course, even I better. Mean, that's every list, every listener of this podcast should be doing that anyway. I mean, <laughs> how ridiculous would it be not to do that? I know, right? What a noob. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. It means a lot. Um, we love doing this and we love having you here. And uh, as always, keep what do we say here on Young Nostalgia? Oh, 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 my. Oh. As always, what do we say here on Young Nostalgia? Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>